This podcast is a feature segment pulled right from the full Green Divas radio show. Enjoy. Okay, so this guy really is a rock star. I mean, you know, he does work for Rolling Stone, but he's not a musician. For me, he's a rock star hero, journalist. He's an award-winning journalist and author. He is a contributing editor of Rolling Stone. Among other things, uh, one of the books that he's written is Big Coal, The Dirty Secret Behind America's Energy Future. So this guy is, you know, one of my heroes. He, I'm like still like in awe, I'm not worthy. He had an hour to sit down with President Obama exclusively uh, and also traveled with him to Alaska and did a wonderful report but also a sort of documentary uh, report video. I'm probably mashing that up, but it's really, really well done and very worth watching. Um, Jeff Goodell, people. Jeff Goodell. <sighs> the crowd goes wild. Hey, Jeff. Hi there. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> okay, so I'm being a little goofy. What can I say? Um, I really, really was very impressed with the work that you've done on this. Um, but I, I got to say the exclusive thing, that's pretty wild. Yeah, it was, um, you know, uh, kind of um, remarkable moment to be able to sit alone in a, in a classroom in, in Alaska and um, spend an, a little more than an hour kind of one-on-one asking the president kind of whatever I wanted to ask him. Which well, was, uh, and, you know, incredible. And and as you put it, you were able to really drill down into some detail, and you did not, you did not mince words or sugarcoat it. And there's a in the video, there's a section, um, a segment of you walking with President Obama, and you're just like, "Doesn't this stuff scare the shit out of you?" <laughs> I'm yeah. like, "That's an awesome thing to ask the president." <laughs> and he just chuckles, yeah. just chuckles, and he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah, well, you know, as he said, you know, he sees a lot of stuff that comes across his desk that scares the shit out of him. Um, yeah. Climate change is just one of them. But what I really was interested in talking to him about in that in that question, um, and that's just sort of uh, the kind of tail end of it, but, you know, is to what degree he feels it's his role to yeah. really art- fully articulate, you know, the threats and risks of climate change that are coming and what and what role he feels it's is to play as being a kind of cheerleader and an optimist. Um, I think a lot of, because a lot of scientists that I talk to who understand the threats of climate change and what's coming with sea level rise and drought and things like that, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty scary stuff. And, um, you know, to what degree do you really articulate that for the American public as the president of the United States, you know? And one of the extraordinary things on this trip is that he did come very close to it's the closest he's ever come to using what you could call apocalyptic rhetoric. I mean, he, yeah. you know, one of the speeches in Alaska, he was really laid it out in ways that I'd never heard him do before. Well, yeah, and it's it's shared very well, uh, not only in your report, but but in his own words um, in the video and and in his answers to you, which were, you know, it did seem like a rather candid time. He 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 seemed to be. You know, well, he seemed like his guard was down. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's just really, really good at this stuff. But 
Yeah, he's really good at this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. But I think it also, I, I mean, I really walked away from, you know, this report feeling like he really does care. Yeah, you know, I mean, so just to be clear, the White House, you know, said you have this hour or so with the president. And they set no ground rules. They didn't ask me what I was going to ask. And we, you know, we knew that it was good. The idea was this would be a conversation about climate change and right. energy. And it was so he had, he had the president did not know what I was going to ask him, yeah. um, and so it was all new to him. And I was really struck by the um, uh, thoughtfulness and um, knowledge in his answers. I mean, I've spent many years covering climate change and energy things, and I can really tell when people kind of understand something and when they just sort of half understand it. Yeah, and no, he the gets president, it. you know, really gets this. Well, and you you really did not soften the blow on this, you know, the the sort of um, contradiction of the Arctic drilling, you know, him being, you know, saying one thing and then allowing Arctic drilling, which, you know, he, he articulates pretty carefully how that happens. Yeah, I mean, he has a fundamentally different view about how you deal with this problem than a lot of environmentalists who have, you know, for, for justifiable reasons, um, looked at this drilling and thought that this is kind of if you if you're going to take the threat of climate change that seriously, why are you allowing drilling to go on? You need to shut this kind of thing down. But you know the president really has this belief that the that the way to address use of fossil fuels is not from shutting down the supply side because it's a global market and if you shut down drilling yeah. in the Arctic it's just going to get more oil out of the Middle East or something. But to really reduce the demand side, if you look at his um, the the kind of policies that he's pushed during his time in office, yeah. it's all been about reducing demand. Yeah, well, I I can't say I disagree. And he also talks about how the fact that he's he's got a big picture, he's got a lot to take care of, and he's not alone. He, he, and there's no like it's a you know he said democracy is a slow moving beast. Right. I mean that's you know one of the, you know I think that the. Um, the hopeful thing that came out of this interview with him is that he really understands the sort of political strategy of this and is really working and playing kind of nine-dimensional chess to try to yeah. make real progress on this. Yeah. But on the other hand, people could justifiably say, look, this is not, um, th- this is too much of an emergency. We need more than sort of political strategy. We need, you know, yeah. a dramatic yeah. revolution right now. And, you know, the, uh, the President Obama <laughs> is not that person. He's playing nine-dimensional chess here, and, um, you know, I think he's proven on other complex issues that this works out and that he's made amazing progress in complicated ways. I'm not entirely um, sure he has much choice, given, I mean, and, and one of the aspects of this Arctic drilling, you know, controversy, if you will, is that he inherited it. I mean, this was something that people don't understand had been in play uh, since the Bush administration, and he's got to deal with things that he that come into his <laughs> presidency from the past. Exactly. I mean, these permits were were um, sold out during the Bush administration, and in order to actually stop the drilling here, they would have essentially had to buy back some of these permits, which would have cost billions of dollars. And yeah. um, you know, and. and you know, time has shown now that, you know, what was it, two or three weeks after we left Alaska, Shell pulled out of the Arctic and has basically yeah. put off plans indefinitely um, to continue drilling up there. And that's partly because of what 
they've found and the difficulty of drilling up there, partly because of the low oil prices. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean that nobody's ever going to drill up there again, but for the foreseeable future, it's kind of off the table. Well, we'd like to think it's because there were, you know, there was a huge outcry of people in kayaks and hanging off bridges saying, please, shell no. Yeah, I think that helps for it, sure. It does. So, okay, so Jeff, I mean, come on, you got to hang out with the President Obama. What what struck you? You said there were two things that you walked away from in particular, at least around the issues, um, you know, one being that he's laser focused on Paris and doing whatever he has to do to try to uh, get get everybody together in Paris and that the, the other thing was that it's probably not enough, which is kind of sad. On a personal level, how – now you can let your guard down here a little bit because this is not your journalistic report. Give us – Well, you're asking what I, how I you know, felt when I walked away from all yeah, this. And I, yeah. and, you know. I was very, 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 um, as I mentioned earlier, impressed with the president's knowledge and uh, awareness of um, think complex science uh, issues. Uh, some of the stuff that didn't get into the uh, interview from uh, a walk that he and I took. You know, I asked him about some latest climate science papers, and he was fully aware of them and the implications. And you know, when you think about the amount of things that's on the president's plate, from you know. Putin to Iran to the economy to yeah. Congress and all this, you know, the fact that he's paying this close of attention to climate stuff uh, is is real evidence that he's that this is a real thing for him. I mean, I don't. I, I came away with it more convinced than ever that this is that he really understands the implications of this and has and it's a very high priority in the remaining of his term. But that said, I also came away seeing an understanding even more deeply than I had before that, you know, this is not a problem like, um, say, gay marriage, for example, where, you know, you have a, a change in law that if you can, you know, get that 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 path, it just changes the dynamic every, of everything and in right. a certain way kind of solves. Problem. Right, like you can just make a federal law that says, here, deal with it. You know, this is the way right. it is. Right, and you can't just make a federal law that says, okay, no more CO2 into the atmosphere or, <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, this is a, you know, long, long a problem that's going to be uh, with us for, you know, the rest of the century. And, um, you know, he, I think Obama is just the first in a long line of presidents who are going to have to, um, uh, you know, kind of become climate warriors, because I think that is the, going to be the story of our time in, in the coming decades. Oh, that was a soundbite. I, I picked that up and made a note about you had said that in in your documentary, your commentary about it, and I love that line. I think I think they are going to have to be climate warriors, and it isn't just about even if in the United States, if we could make a law, you know, for some reason we could get everybody to get on board. Uh, which is never going to happen. But, you know, then you have China and then you have Russia and then you have other folks that may not have this as a priority, may not understand it, may not be able to do. Um, and so it's, it is about being like a global cheerleader for climate change. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of optimism right now in the sense that, um, you know, clean energy prices are falling so fast. China's huge commitment to solar. Yeah. You know the 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 entire world is really coming to understand where what is happening and where this is going with not just with 
climate science and the risks of that, but also with the benefits of clean energy, with jobs and with you know manufacturing and technology and everything that comes along with right. clean energy. We look at what's happening in the auto industry. You know, electric cars are you know uh, going certainly going to be the future. That's gaining huge amounts of momentum. I mean, all this stuff is moving in the right direction. The problem is that. You know, it's just not moving fast enough. And um, even with this kind of acceleration that we're seeing, it's still, you know, um, um, the dramatic impacts of climate change are here with us now, and they're not going to be going away anytime soon. Yeah, that was a theme. And, of course, it's a theme in, in all the news that crosses my computer, whatever, is that every day there's like some new report that says, Okay, it's happening faster than we calculated. It's 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 accelerating, and um, it, it is a little it is a little terrifying, but heartening to well, know that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, especially with things like glacial melts and things like that. All all of yeah. that seems to be um, all the error bars are pointing kind of in one direction there, and the, that it's happening faster than than. Uh, as we had anticipated a decade or two ago. And that has a lot of implications for weather and for sea level rise and things like that. Right. And, of course, there are national security issues, which is just something else that you touched on. I guess Susan Rice was with him on this excursion, partly because there are – I didn't – there were five Chinese uh, warships – yeah, in in the Arctic Sea, essentially right below us where we were flying, which I I didn't really realize. I, I only learned this like the day or two after um, uh, I was up there. I didn't know this in real time. Um, I would have actually asked the president about it, but yeah. um, I didn't realize it until later. Um, but you know, the security implications for what's happening in the Arctic are huge. You know, because yeah. the Russians, especially, think yeah. of the Arctic as their backyard. And, yeah. um, and there's all kinds of legal complexities given the uh, failure of the U.S. to sign uh, the Law of the Sea, which is a kind of treaty that allows this kind of equal apportionment of some of the resources up there. And it's the opening of a whole new ocean. And, and we have very, the United States has very little capacity to operate up there because we've kind of given up all of our, we only have one icebreaker left. Yeah. Um, we sort of abandoned it. It was, you know, a big theater in the Cold War, but we've kind of abandoned it, and um, the Russians haven't. And that's just one aspect. I mean, you know, when you think about, you know, in the Middle East, water, oil, I mean, there's all kinds of um, resources that people may end up clamoring over and creating all kinds of disruption about because, well, you know, if water becomes scarce, then people are going to get cranky. Well, I think that's what you're seeing with the um, I mean, I think the, the Syrian refugee crisis that we're seeing in Europe right now is a really good preview of the yeah. kind of thing that we're going to see a lot more of. And, and you know, we talk about, we talk about climate change, we talk about droughts and food supplies and things like that, but it's really the implications of that and the dislocation of people and right. uh, that that is what's really, uh, you know, the the dangerous thing in a way and the thing that's going to make climate change so difficult to deal with is, is because it's going to contribute to all kinds of other kinds of political problems and political instabilities. Yeah, and we're just scratching the surface. I could talk to you for an hour, Jeff. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I love the work that you do and the way that you bring, bring it out for all of us to understand more of what's going on with climate change in particular. 
and that you took some time to talk to us today. I really very grateful. So hopefully we'll get to talk soon. In the meantime, people can go to rollingstone.com. Um, and how best to find it? I I clicked on politics and went down the sidebar and found it. Is there an easier way to find this? Uh, which this beautiful long article. So, you know, give yourself a little bit of time. The video is only about nine minutes, and it really you should watch that if nothing else. But how? Yeah, the video is really great. It's very very well done. Is there any easy way to find it, or should they just go through Rolling Stone and go through the politics? Well, we are, page? you know, the Rolling Stone website is always changing things around and updating new yeah, stories and moving yeah. things around. So the easiest thing is just to Google Rolling Stone, President Obama, climate, and it'll come right up. Yes, it will. Thanks again, Jeff, and hopefully we'll talk soon. Great. Thanks for having me. The podcast you just listened to was a feature segment pulled right from the Green Divas radio show. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Green Divas radio show. Be sure to look for this and other Green Diva Network podcasts on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, Swell Radio, and Spreaker. Get social with the Green Divas on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Subscribe to the Green Divas YouTube channel to watch them in action. And for all the latest good green news, visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. 